Hey guys, it's Michelle Collins. Welcome to the Michelle Collins Show. It's my show and I'm thrilled you're here. We're going to be bringing you episodes every single week with different co-hosts, the same usual nonsense, off-the-cuff humor, news, advice, pop culture. I know it's a novel concept for a podcast, but what can I say? I'm an innovator. That's what I do. You'll be getting episodes every week, but if you want to hear daily episodes, you can head over to my Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I have co-hosts every single day. It's funny. It's loose. It's authentic. I do weekly episodes with my mother. If you're curious as to how someone is made this way, I highly recommend tuning into those and some video content as well, which is exciting. I'm off to contour, but I want you to enjoy this episode. It's fabulous. We adore you and we look forward to seeing you over on the Patreon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Forever. Dog. Hi, everybody. It's Michelle Collins. I'm joined for part two uh, with our guest this week, who I'm having the best time with. He is one of the hosts of The Kitchen, which is on Saturdays on the Food Network at 11. He has a book called Come On Over. It is out this week. Hi, Jeff. Hi. I came to love you, Jeff, uh, on the show that really propelled you into superstardom on the Food Network, which was, weren't you, was the great uh, Food Network star? What was the name yeah, of the show? Yeah, food, uh, food, food Network Star, season seven. Season seven. Like and the next Food Network star, they called it before that, but then, you know. It just yeah, became Food seven. Network star. Just Food is Network it, star. Is that show still on the air? Or do they have enough stars? No. Not, yeah. I, think they, I think they hit their quota. They maxed about three out. three years ago, yeah. <laughs> you were so charming on that show, Jeff. You know that my mother is obsessed. You were, Moms love you. What's that about? They just love you. I don't know. I just got, you know, sun energy, I guess. And I'm... I'm you know, I'm funny enough, uh, but not threatening. Yes. And, you know, I think I was raised by all the matriarchs in my family. My mom, my aunts, I have two younger sisters. I have a ton of older uh, or same age girl cousins. So I grew up with like 
musicals and watching like Grease <gasps> too and all these things that most young men don't get exposed to. And I never felt the pressure from like my guy cousins like that I was being. So I just always can, I always, you know, was good. I don't know. I like conversing with women and hanging around women. Oh, it's a thing. God, I wish every man, I'm not even just saying this. If every American man in particular was like you, I would be in my third wedding right now. Like I would be in my third marriage. I'm not being funny. I wish more American men were comfortable not only being a part of a group of women and chatting and whatever, but like you just said, being even exposed to musicals, which somehow has this stigma attached to it for uh-huh. straight men. And I don't know why, because to me it's art. Um, yeah. They can be cheesy, but what was your favorite musical growing Because you know, I uh, love musicals. What'd you love? I was in, oh, well, I was in the musicals too. So, so you have the musicals I was in. And then the T, you know, the movie musicals, which in, in our family, it was, you know, sound of music from a young age and then oh. Grease and then Grease 2, we were obsessed with uh, Newsies. Um, but w- for performing in again, like I was always in like a big athlete's body yes. that come from large stock of men. I'm six two. I was <gasps> always chubby and everything. Why am I not playing football? Because I caught that bug in third grade. And from that moment on, my parents, my dad, big mangled meat hooks for hands from a very rough neighborhood, <laughs> little Italy, Taylor street. Boom. He's like this kid, you know, he, he was so excited to come to my place and put me in every acting class. Everything. Oh my God. So normally it's like, this kid is a queer, you know what I mean? But not, not in my house. It was all like, you are born to do this. We're going to help facilitate Aww. this for the rest of your life. So I'm blessed like that. But my favorite, sh- I was in uh, throughout high school. I was in, um, a West side story twice. Oh. One, I was kind of like, just a big character. The other one, I played Tony. <gasps> and I, I had a pol- see you as Tony. They they put that that I had long hair, so they called me Rock and Roll Tony because I had a ponytail and I was like chubby and tall. It was just not what you'd picture, other than you know maybe the ability to tan what Tony would look like. But <gasps> man, I had to like take serious, <sighs> serious, hot, intense singing lessons. To, to pull that off, because I could sing in the back and stuff, and I was in Guys and Dolls before that. Oh, were I you Big that. Julie? Can I guess who you were? Were you Big Julie? I was Benny South Street. Fuck, that's so good. I, I got Guys and Dolls, one of my. right here. The, the name, name is, is Paul Revere, and he's the guy that, guy that says, says it's if the all weather's clear. Can do. Can do. I'll sing the whole damn I, song. I so I. But, you know, it's uh, I always like kind of like playing gangsters and stuff like that. West Side Story helped, you know, Guys and Dolls. So I. And I did theater with, it's so strange. I didn't do a lot of high school theater. I did theater in high school. I didn't do any high school musicals. We had a, oh, interesting. Uh, we had a group called Circle Theater, which some people came from, you know, it was our local, but it was just, it was a lot of kids from like city kids, Italian kids. It wasn't like your typical high school theater scene. It was a little yeah. grittier, you know what I mean? And so when we, you know, we'd all smoke, it was just, you know, it was a whole scene. But did you clean up? I hate to ask the obvious question because my high school did not have a theater department. I did like speech and debate and there were, you know, guys in speech and debate who like they were like the hot guys in speech and debate who everybody had a crush on. I mean, it was like they were, you know, in Looney Tunes when like the hot rooster and then all the chickens pass out. Like that's what we would be like, you know, in the in the uh, coop, just laying (laughs) eggs and fainting constantly. Did you clean up? Were you dorky? Like, how was your... I was so unbelievably dorky in high school that, you know, 
it, I, all I'm saying is I could see myself being deeply in love with you if you were yeah. singing to me in high school. Don't be weird about it. I'm not less moon vesting you. I'm just saying in a different time, I could see it. What was your experience like in high school? Like being the hot, tall, you know, actor. The most beautiful sound I ever heard. Maria. Maria. I'll sing the whole uh, right? damn thing with Look you. Look at that. Not a dry seat in the house. No, I was I was probably chubbier. You know, I was chubbier. Yeah. So I was bigger more boy. gangly, bigger boy. So yeah. that gave me a complex, mm. which led to me not having a strong game by any sort. That's why you're sweet, a, though. I was, a, I, was a, I was friends with everybody. Maybe I never took... Maybe that existed in whatever thing that kind of fell directly into my lap, so to speak. Yeah. I, I, I would relish, but I never... I felt like I never had game to pursue anything or mm. pick up on any hint. I was a late bloomer, and, you know, just from... A, a you know maturity standpoint, just you know getting a hair under my arms to literally like kissing my first girl didn't happen till sophomore in high school, and then Aww, the other thing didn't even late. happen till second oh, yeah. year in college. So like <gasps> I was always, I don't know, maybe if I had the confidence now that I did back then, of course. But I, I don't. Wouldn't I think life I was be different though? But don't yeah. you think? I don't know because I'm in a very similar boat, and for me, I have regrets about that, like about not. Being more confident. I mean, again, I think that all of those things are why we're funny and charming and all, you know what I mean? Like why we're, meanwhile, I like how I'm grouping myself in with you. I'm like, why we're both successful, why we're yeah, both exactly. so charming, uh, great singers. No, but you know what I'm saying? Those hot to me, it's and super hot. But truly though, like, I mean, I look at kids who I went to high school with now and I'm like, they look like shit. Not everybody, but a lot of them do. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just peaking right now. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I think I'd rather have been uh dorky then. Yep. You know what I mean? And kind of and and feel like a more confident person now, almost 40 years old than that. I don't know, because I don't think you can just maintain that for like decades. I, I like to meet men who are late bloomers as well, because I feel like, <laughs> you know, what I, straight men, because yep. I feel like it's just nice to know that dorks come in every size, every style, every fashion that just dorky people can succeed. And look at you now. Let's talk about what you're up to. So you're on Food Network Star. My, yes. The Sandwich King. So did you cook? Because we're hearing about you being artsy. Like, that's the thing. That's where our forks fork out. Yeah. Because I never got into cooking. I was never encouraged in the kitchen. My mother is a phenomenal cook. My grandparents owned a restaurant in Tel Aviv, wow. believe it or not. And I was just not ever encouraged and never took it up. If anything, it fills me with dread. Um. So how did you become so good at it when you're good at I, all these other things? I just always worked for my... You know, the allowance really wasn't a thing. I don't know for you. Like we need, like we had to get a job at fifteen, and, yeah. and I always worked in food from the the butcher down the street. It was my first job at fifteen. I got three dollars and sixty two cents an hour to like clean up fatty pans and sweep bloody sawdust off. It's like my grandpa carrying bricks both ways uh-huh. uphill to. It's like my story. I could tell my son legitimately three dollars and sixty two cents an hour. My nickname I, was Fatty Pants. It's so it's, funny it was, that you were cleaning <laughs> Fatty Pants. I thought you said your nickname was three sixty two an hour. I was like, honey, that's hundred only fans. Hello, okay, go on. <laughs> but and then I went to the deli down the street, and then I always, no matter what I was doing, whether I was in um, in college, I was like the steward for the fraternity, so I would control all this food buying and spending and and and, and shopping, and I, like I always loved working with food to the point where I, when I graduated college, 
I opened a deli with my cousin. Wow. So I did that for four years, but the same week we opened the deli, I got cast because I was always wanted to be in performing. I started auditioning for stuff. I was doing improv Olympic. I did Second City throughout grammar school, high school. I mean, I was in Second City for majority of my young life. Wow. Because it was, you know, I mean, that's where, the, you know, if you had a funny kid, you're like, put him in Second City. Yeah, but great. that's why like, you're so good today because that's really, you can't hone any better than Second City. No, it's like, the, I'm trying to get mm. my son to do it. I'm like, oh, this is the best. It's like, you, you, you're allowed to be a class clown and this is like the environment to do it. Um, wow. So I got cast in Tony and Tina's wedding. Oh my God. So, so from the first, like those formative, formative 20 to, you know, 24 years old, post-college to 24, I, I, I ran the deli with my cousin every day and then got in the car, put on the white tux. And then by the end I was playing Tony, but I started as a waiter and then worked up to the wow. uh, best man. And I did six shows a week there. So I was working like 80 hours a week, but I loved it because I was making soup. And then going and doing table work for 350 people. I have to people. ask so many questions about Tony and Tina's no, wedding. So for, first of all, full disclosure, I've never seen it. That's and all right. It's a, it's a big regret of mine because here's the truth. I get very easily embarrassed. Like I get a lot of secondhand embarrassment. So mm-hmm. even at like uh, just certain things that I'm always like, okay, like certain performance things that I can be like, okay. But I think I would always, always be worried that I would feel embarrassed. Like if I was called out on or interactive theater to me, fills me with dread even though i'm a performer i get weird about it yeah how were people were people just wasted like <laughs> did you ever have to bounce anyone i can't even oh, imagine the stories you must have about tony and it Tina's is wedding. So, oh, so many i love i hated it i loved it yeah. by the end i was only making like 62 dollars a show as the lead for the last two years it was run by these guys that were not like it's it's who you picture be running Tony and Tina's wedding in Chicago. You know what I mean? <laughs> Throwing chairs at you, making me run laps if I missed blocking what? cues, made me lose weight, like everything. It was like the gymnastics in the eighties. I felt it's like, like good I, fellas. I, I'm yeah. I'm getting like and a these guys you, vibe. Yeah. Oh man, they had a union, but if you went against that, they send you to put you in a room. I mean, crazy shit. But some of the the, the we had okay, people would get drunk no matter what. So you're. You're dealing with hammered people constantly. Some of those people, you know how you get, like you have that trepidation when you go to interactive theater. These people probably have the same same anxiety, but they, they medicate, and then they think that they're going to embed themselves into the show and be a character. Those were the worst, right? Or try to get you to break character, which we would be fine for. You know, if we broke character and they found out, they would be pissed, right? Never break character. So we, you, you have to go pee, and we don't have our own bathroom, so we go pee, and the guys are like, come on, man, how, do, how, how long have you been doing this? You like to, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Wait, are you I'm serious? I'm just waiting for my wife. Yeah, so they try to break character, give you drugs, do a line in the bathroom, all this stuff, oh legitimately. Oh, my God, that's so fun. Now, I'm sure you, <laughs> if, if, if I were to partake in that, I, I, I could probably stay in character and, and do all that in the bathroom, but I never did. But because we what, had... I'm sorry to interrupt you. Forgive no, me. Go. Because I haven't seen the show, is the premise basically that uh, it's like you're all you're literally at a wedding with these yeah. actors, and mm-hmm. you get to talk and hang. It's like going to a wedding, basically. That's so fun. We had a cha- like a full chapel that was next oh. door to the reception hall. The chapel would have pews, and you'd see the marriage, and then you go, and we'd have full band. It seats about 350 people, full Holy spread, shit. two full bars. Wait, There's food and be- drink. Yeah, and then why there was did a I never go to bar. this? This is it so a, fun. The Chicago one, from what I heard about New York, was 
New York was the pioneer, Chicago was the second, and then ultimately the longest running one, I believe. But we had we were in Piper's Alley where where Second City was at. Mm-hmm. So it was like this lively area and you go and there's a bar. You start at the bar and everybody's getting toasted. Wow. Then you go to the chapel and then you go to so it was all these three rooms, you know. In in you close your eyes, you're really in a chap you know, you're it's not it's inside a building, but it's built like a chapel. So people would sit down, get their table assignments, go to the bar, get drinks, and the band would just play three, four songs, and then the blocking starts. And there's lines, but there's really no perform like the end fights are scripted to a point, but it's lit what I loved about it, and I think what what helped groom me to be able to do this career, just being like a lifestyle personality, right? Not 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 an actor, was working rooms. I mean, we would have to work these 30 tables, one person, something new. Every table, every night, every person, try to give them this authentic experience without being too, you know, I don't know, hammy or or hacky. You know, that was like my thing. I was like, I'm going to find out what makes this person, whether they're an Italian guy from the neighborhood that I grew up in, and then like, what's how deep is your angle to make them laugh? Or just Betty, who thinks legitimately that this is a real wedding, which which happened all the time. Can we I just guy, tell you, greatest we had regret. We a guy die once. He no. died. The first song, right after the chapel, he drops dead. I'm not kidding. While dancing with one of the bridesmaids. The whole show keeps going because the audience thinks it's part of the shtick. But the the cast is, start, is freaking out. Because we think this guy's either really just died or is doing shtick. Right? Again. Dealing with their, you know, God, I've got to show this guy. i got to show these people I can't be duped, so I'm going to join the cast here. He died, man. To the point, resuscitation, body bag, carried him out. I am, I am. I just want you to know something. Of any story that I've ever heard in my entire life, <laughs> I have I, I have so many emotions coursing through my veins right now of laughter, of horror, of uh-huh. shock, of how have you not written a movie about this like a movie within a movie about someone like yourself who's doing a Tony and Tina's wedding and then someone dies and no one knows it's like it, there are so many layers to this that I'm actually mm-hmm. in shock and was he there by himself his family wasn't there because by the family. way if my husband dropped dead at Tony and Tina's wedding I would be like stop the show he's really oh, dead he's well, dead I mean the fact that you kept dancing and doing the horror yeah, around this exactly. man's body I'm in shock Oh man, I think it was. Yeah, I think it. What, what song was it? Is it "Ain't Nobody Love Me Better"? Shaka Khan. So I mean, he dies wow. during. That's a great song too. Uh, Such a good. And song. then we the wife Shaka. was there. He was probably forty years old, super young. Wow. The wife was there. They're crowding around him. Now it starts to get real for everybody involved. So then we go backstage. Everybody's crying. I'm right? shitting in my pants from this, Jeff. I'm not being you know, funny. I can't get over this. You know, you get they're wearing the blue eyeshadow. They're you know they're heavy set. They're wearing the same freaking dress everybody wears every night. The same tux. Everybody's like backstage smoking, crying. And then there was this long run, the longest running cast member. His name is Marty Shannon. He played the priest, the drunk priest. All right, he was a chain smoking guy. He talked like this. He he rolled in a minute before the show, left early every night, right? <laughs> and he sit back there, and the girls are crying, bridesmaid guys are all worked up. Everybody's like, "Oh my god!" People are outside. The management and the directors out there being like, "Okay, you guys do not have to stay. We'll give you your money back, but if you want to stay, the show must go on." Right? That's the old adage, man. So wow. we're backstage. He comes. He's like, "The show 
You, I understand, but I, I, I suggest that everybody stay here and we finish the show. The show must go on. They were so cheap, they just didn't want to give people's money back. But yeah, I don't of course. Think it was about our, about the, you know, the art of the performance. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, comedian doll arte. Uh-huh. Right? And, and then the, the Marty Shannon, the priest, drunk priest, played the priest forever. I was there the night he finally walked out because someone brought a blow-up doll to the show. And he's like, I'm sick of it. But he was backstage. He was very present then. He's chain smoking in the girls' dressing room. We're all sitting there. And he's like, he's like, all right, let's go. He's like, and so he's like, I don't want to do it. He's like, oh, it's crazy. And he he just looks at us and goes, I guess we knocked them dead tonight. (laughs) I hate him. (laughs) Take it back. I hate him. Oh my God. That so hold on. Let me just understand how this happened. Guy passes out. So you did take a break, an un like a an unplanned break. Correct. After so about people, so 15 people minutes. knew there that good, someone died. The people about five minutes after he actually died, people started, you know, like it it it, it caught on that this was not part of the show. How many people stayed? I would say about a third. It was eerie. Sickos. It was a weird show. Um I was Tony at the time and it was my job to kind of drive it home and it was i was serious like i i was i kept it i I was very like that's kind of why i had to leave right i ended up leaving tony and tina's and then just doing stand-up for about a year and working at a real estate like i didn't work that we sold the deli and i left tony and tina's at the same time like i need to stop doing both these because i became like this nobody's working hard nobody's you know i was thin like i i the director was like if you lose 25 pounds you could be Tony. I go, fuck you. I'm going to lose 35 pounds and I'll be wow. Tony for the rest of my life and the best Tony there ever was. And, and that's what I did. And, and by the end, I was like too invested in it, you know, making mm. it great, making sure, making sure it was exhausting, but it's great. What it a great, great story. For, have you ever told that story? I'm sure you have. It's such a good not, story. I mean, not really? like I, 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 not, not being able to expound it to this level. You know, naturally. So, Thank you I mean, for people know it. him. In, no, of course. There's, there's, there's a lot of stories from that show. Somebody, I'm great. sorry. Like the idea that my podcast has somebody dying at Tony and Tina's wedding has to be. <laughs> it, it, I'm going to just say it has to be probably the best story that any guest has ever told us. Um, can we talk about food a little bit and sure. your book? Let's like sell the book. Sausage, Listen, salad, pasta, and bread. That's what they had every night. So when I was Hello, the MC, my, that's my Tinder bio. <laughs> I knew you know I knew it sounded familiar. Sausage, salad, pasta, bread. <laughs> that's oh my, my Julia Roberts in Italy situation. Exactly, go, right? Sausage, salad, <laughs> pasta, bread. Um, so is, this is not your first cookbook, I imagine. No, this is my first. It's your book. very first one. My one. It has taken me. I've been doing this career for ten years. It took a lot of uh, starts and stumbles and bad offers and just not feeling. Uh, the the theme of what I should be writing and this kind of came to me one day. This come on over and hence the name of the podcast. With the, it's just all about like the the memory of my mom on with that phone on her shoulder and the ninety foot long cord with kids trapped in it like tunas and you know her being like come on over and then she hang up. She's like oh you're you know the cousins are coming and Aww. we knew we we're gonna play we we're gonna have laughs but we were also gonna eat so that kind of is like the the essence of the book and this thing took. You haven't written a book. You haven't written a book, have you? You know, Are um, you? may I just say I haven't, and I actually have an outline working as we speak because so many people, and not to be like everyone demands one, but genuinely, I actually yeah. like to write. For me, the issue is, and I don't know in a cookbook if you felt this way, but as a performer, um, it's 
I need immediate gratification. That's really my issue in life. And so, for example, and you know, because you're on live television doing the kitchen, but when you're doing live TV or even this podcast, like I know this episode will be out tomorrow and Thursday. Like I know that people are going to listen to it on Sirius. We have an audience listening live. When I wrote for, let's say, Elle magazine or wherever, it would go out the next day. With a book, I'm like, writing in a vacuum. You know, it's really hard to get your brain in a place with, I probably have ADD, let's be honest. And to just focus and be like, yes, there's an audience, be funny for it. It's been very hard for me to get there. Did you find that you had a similar thing go on with you? 100%. I started writing that book. We, my book offer came two and a half years ago. That's how long of a journey this is. Then you, you sell the book, right? And then you got to, write an outline and then you write the things and then the recipes and then the stories. And I kept, you keep going pass after pass. And then by the time you hand in the book, you have this thing, right? And you're like, it's done. It's not. Cause then come the edits and then the, and you're like, you honestly, I love this. I'm so, I love this process of selling the book, right? Selling this thing that I birthed, you know, this is like my baby and it's, it's, it's my words. And I wrote every freaking word of it. And my head notes are sometimes three pages long and crazy stories that I've never told anybody are in there as well. So it's like you get you you get more of a little. It's it's more than a you average thr- cookbook. Uh, it's being a like, thrilling experience. It's a yeah. thrill. It's yeah. yeah. But but you almost despise the book towards the end of the process because you're like I'm so inundated with this. Yeah. I don't like the food in it anymore. I don't like the the pictures. I don't like the the, the recipes. I'm sick of you know. It's like because you're just you. It's all consuming for two years. I get it. And, and we finished the principal photography literally the day before New York, LA, and Chicago shut down. So my photographer Lucky. and my culinary guy, Tim Macklin, who's a, a culinary style, uh, he's the culinary director on the kitchen. Wow. We all stayed in an Airbnb by my house and we pounded this thing out as the world was slowly collapsing that week. I swear to God. So they're freaking out like, oh my God, we're going to finish this book. We're not, we're going to have to drive back to New York or are we going to be able to get home? All this stuff. So it was like this energy was. Uh, I don't know. It just, it, 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 I think it lent its, its, its energy to the book and it's a better product in the end. So by the time I got my first shipment in yesterday, right? Wow. I was, I was like, I'm, I'm, I could, I now feel done and I'm so, so happy with it. I don't hate it. I only hate it because I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm so, cause work sucks. It. Let's be yeah, honest. I, and, and I think the two of us, um, although we're in different fields ish also have jobs that are, Again, kind of like even this and radio and TV, it, right away jobs. You know, you don't have, we like, we're very lucky in that yeah. we do the work and it's out there and then you get to go home. It's like not a lot of busy work for us, which yeah, it's I feel very grateful that I do what I do because I fucking hate busy work. And it's why I never wanted to be a lawyer or anything mm-hmm. that required sitting down and like reading. I wrote for many years um, for a website. But that even that was different because it was like quick hits. Yeah. It went up right away. We saw the shares. We got comments, right? It's like Instagram, you know, that that immediate reward. And I really love doing that. But I'm really proud of you for getting it done. I know uh, I have another friend who's writing a, a baking book where they're using all natural ingredients. He's already sold it. And oh, it's great. just so much work. It's so much experimenting with recipes mm-hmm. and figuring out, does applesauce work? Does this work? I mean, it, it really... I know takes a lot out of you. Did you, um, you worked with a, a food person, obviously. Did you have some recipes in there that you were like, I gotta have, this is my first cookbook. This is a Morrow home staple. Mm-hmm. Are, how many of the recipes would you say are like from your mom and from your family or like ones that you just came up with um, fresh? I think it's a great mix of everything. I mean, I wrote and tested 
everything in this. So like, e- like there was no ghostwriter or anything. You know, I, I had people help me during the, the shooting, of, you know, to style it and make it look as beautiful as possible. You know, my, you know, my sausage fingers don't allow me. How dare you say that on my show? It's a classic. Speaking show. of sausage, no, I have, I have like, I had to have, you know, the two things my dad made for us growing up. Whenever you Go know, on. once a year, which is, is like his frittata, which we call the kitchen sink frittata, which had like everything, you know, uh, everything in the meat and cheese drawer inside two dozen eggs, and made for us, you know, on, on Christmas morning or Easter morning. Uh, my mom has her famous mashed potatoes. I have recipes from. My aunts from Sarah, my wife Sarah has an entire chapter. So that's another hard part, like how to pick and choose which of your favorites go in there. Which So I wanted a good combination of stuff I grew up eating, stuff that were in my formative years that I was making at delis and when I was learning to cook or when I went to culinary school or worked in restaurants to my Food Network star years to like beyond what I'm eating and serving my son and my wife in our home these days. So it's a nice like... It's a nice mix, I think. It's not all like, you know, I, I was, everybody was like, why aren't you doing a sandwich book? You should only do a sandwich book. Because nobody really buys sandwich cookbooks. A, it's not good for business, but there's so much more to me than just making sandwiches. But I have a killer sandwich chapter, of course. I do have a question for you. It's sandwich related, obviously, because once again, I am lazy. Um, I love a good sub sandwich. There was a place in Miami when right near where I went to high school. I'm trying to think of the name of it. And of course I can't, but it was an Italian hoagie place that everyone mm-hmm. went for lunch. And I'm actually drooling thinking about this oh. dressing that they put. I'm actually literally salivating. Uh, it was like an Italian style dressing. We used to put on these subs mm-hmm. that was vinegary. It was mm-hmm. bright and acidic and it just made garlicky. Yeah. It made the entire sandwich genuinely come alive it didn't matter what they put on it it was great do you have a recipe an easy one that you can share that maybe it's like your go-to sandwich dressing you put it on your hoagies amaro family tradition hit me we we are insane about our italian sub as we call them here and i put no matter what and i actually have i don't have a traditional italian sub uh recipe in the cookbook but i do have what i have dubbed the italian sub boil quote unquote. I know it sounds gross, but if you put it in the context (laughs) of a shrimp boil, it starts making sense. So it's literally a six foot sheet of parchment or multiple sheets of parchment on a table plated with shards of beautifully oiled, hand torn, slightly toasted Italian bread that you rub with garlic. And then you start putting little balls of bocconcini on there, shaved mortadella, prosciutto, shaved iceberg lettuce, cherry tomatoes. And then at the end, you drizzle it with my sweet Italian dressing, which is exactly what you're describing. It's got. I'm like red... so upset. I want it right. Jeff, I'm actually so hungry as I'm doing this. I haven't had lunch it... and I'm I'm dizzy. Okay, what is it? It's, it's so you got. No, I'm telling you, this <laughs> really is what am. I want. So really, you can experiment at home. I love red wine vinegar in my Italian uh, dressings. I just think it's bright. It's punchy. It's the biggest bang for your buck. And it's like what your teeth associate in your tongue associate with an Italian tangy sub to cut through all that fat then a little honey i think it needs some sweetness in there especially with all those fatty meats like start with a tablespoon add to taste and then if you can get it dried italian seasoning which is like rosemary uh basil oregano all dried and you get all the all that herbaceousness the dried stuff not the front you don't want the fresh stuff in the italian sub dry you want the dried stuff too almost like sometimes getting caught in the back of your throat (laughs) 
And then I like to sh- shave like one, take your little microplane or zester and do one clove of garlic in there. You know, half vinaigrette, half half vinegar, half olive oil, good mm-hmm. olive oil, salt and pepper. You whisk it and then you could put a little, the secret ingredient to this is like a little squirt of Dijon mustard. That's or what I was going to say. Dijon. It's always Dijon mustard. Any good dressing, any salad dressing that mm-hmm. I'm crying from joy. What's the secret? Dijon. Dijon. And if you don't have Dijon, I would not do yellow mustard. A, it, it, it it's actually doesn't emulsify as well as the yeah. Dijon for some reason, just because it's a different kind of mustard seed. But the Dijon gives you better flavor. But if you don't, another secret, maybe a little mayo, just like a little squirt of mayo, and that'll help Thank emulsify the noise. vinegar and the and the oil. So together, <laughs> to tell you something, t- I when I meet people who don't like mayo. I get a full like PowerPoint car brakes noise in my head because I'm just like, why? It's so fucking good. I genuinely love mayonnaise with a passion that I really don't have for most things. And uh, I just want to get that on the record here on Midnight Snack. Are you, like an ex- Are you like an extra mayo orderer? So I'm not sick. Like if I get a tuna sub or whatever, I usually don't put more mayo if there's mayo in the tuna. You know, I'm not like... Gratuitous. I don't have an issue. I also don't like to put mustard on my tuna subs either. I usually just... But I love like a vinaigrette on it. You know, something that makes it pop. I'm drooling genuinely. I know. I get extra mayo. Um, I don't know if I do extra, extra. I I don't like to choke. You know, I don't used to mention dry herbs before. I don't love a dry sub. I'm from Miami. We love a public sub. Um... I, I've known to dabble in a little extra mayo. I'll smear a little extra on myself sometimes. Just a little Steph, bit. I'm sorry. That's not, nothing wrong with that. Just being a deli man most of my life uh, and working in the sandwich game since I was 15. Yeah. Sometimes I would be offended at people who go, you got to give me extra mayo on that. I go, uh, listen, I'm a, first of all, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an artist. I'm gifted. These hands will make you what is appropriate for that mouth of yours, young man. I but don't when you start, love when you, when you say me, it. As a married man, I don't like you saying that. <laughs> But it's true. Sounds intense. Uh So so there'd be moments in my career when people were like, there was this one at my deli when I was in my 20s. And she's like, I want extra, extra. She come in three times a week. (laughs) And it was, I'm telling you, Michelle, I would, it became a thing. And you're like, we call her, we we call her, we call her mayonnaise. And she would come in and we would put it on. I would so much with the squirt bottle that it was probably two inches thick of mayo before closing up shop and putting the top on. And then she'd sit there and it'd be dripping all over I'm her. Vomiting. I'm vomiting. And you would think we would we were deter I mean, we're blown. I mean, the overhead on the sandwich was astronomical. We're well, losing I was say, all sorts losing of money. money. Yeah. Bad really for business. Are. But so we're much mayo. Like, oh. So then I was like, maybe she goes back to, and then she takes it back to her office or whatever and eating and dripping it all. And you think people would it would never. She'd come back in, she goes, do it again, just like that. Was extra, she a thin extra. woman? What'd she look like? I'm just curious. She was just perfect in every way. She was six God, two, you're good. I believe. She had long black. She had bangs. Okay, was she really six no. two? Or are you saying no? That I'm to, kidding. I don't know to mock me. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying that to make me a fellow mayonnaiser feel know, bad? I'm, I'm six you. one always, for the record. You're always talking um, about on. your extra mayo there behind the counter at the deli after you Ugh. leave. I, I bet that they would. I'm sure that um, people talk shit about my orders after I go. For sure. I know they do. Um, I didn't get a copy of your book, Jeff. Uh, normally, they send me one. What? So I'm looking at the press release. I know. I kill somebody. I know. Are you serious? But I, got, I swear to you. But I got to tell you something. I'm looking at these pics in the press release, and I'm legitimately drooling. I do have one last thing to say about food. Controversial opinion. You're not okay. going to like it. Uh-huh. 
I'm I'm kind of anti pancakes. Yeah, you, you know what? We make them a lot for my my son. I don't eat them. That like if I'm going to a diner, if I'm going to a breakfast joint, I I'm rarely gravitating towards a stack of pancakes. I I quantify it as it's it's after you eat a stack of I call it pancake full, which is a really hard. It's different. It's a different full. Yep. And it's hard to it's hard to break through. Like lunch seems daunting after pancake bowl it's you're, you have eating, eggs and you're eating like a full castle basically it's like a full tower of just dense carbs yeah. and sugar it's just not and i love junk food i'm not like a health nut i no. just don't like the i think that's what it is i don't like the feeling after pancakes it make me feel terrible it's pancake full and it's a real affliction and it it's 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 a gut bomb it's good going down like i don't mind having a you know if you get a, a short bite. stack or something you have a yeah. couple bites you swim it in the you know a lot of salted Oof. butter on there that whipped butter it soaks in and then you got the the real uh, maple syrup I love it but I need the texture I need the fat I I'd rather have biscuits any day of the week oh I'm with, so you know we mm. really are different I'm very anti biscuit as well you know <gasps> you why have my biscuits you gotta you, have my biscuits I'll tell you why I'm anti biscuit I'll give you two tell words me. you want to know what they are. Cracker barrel? Mama, Mama Cass. Oh. Because when I eat a biscuit, I'm like, oh, I'm going to choke to death on this biscuit. Same with scones. There are certain foods that I, my saliva is not lubricated enough yeah. to choke down. And those are two of them. I just can't do it. I don't trust my own esophagus to keep me alive when I'm eating a biscuit. It, it's just too dry. Don't hate me for it. It's just one of those foods I don't ever crave. I don't know. I'm weird. Sorry. So you need like uh, this... this you know, salvatory glands of uh, a monitor lizard. I need the salvatory Ferragamo glands of a is, lizard. Is salvatory I, a word? I know the guy. <laughs> salvatory. Oh, salvatory. Come here. Give me um, a gland. Salvatory I love, glands. I tell you what I do love is like an oiled focaccia. You know what I mean? Love. Uh, uh, I love an oiled Shiny. Bread. So shiny. good. One last thing I'll bring up before. I don't want to let you go because I'm having too much fun. Um, I like bread that stains my shirt. You know what I mean? Like <sighs> if you drop a crumb of bed, there's so much oil in it. It like. You can't wear like a nice, you know, a nice, nice silk shirt from Gadzooks with it. It'll just <laughs> knock it. Not Gadzooks. N- knock out. <laughs> Wait, Jeff. Uh, one last thing I have to ask, and then we can, and then we can really move on. You, you have a ten commandments, the ten come on over commandments. I'm reading them here, mm-hmm. and there's one I want to ask you about, which is Please. people will ask, "What should I bring?" Now, to me, this is a no brainer. I feel like you should just always bring wine. I understand there are people who are sober where they don't want to buy wine, which I can understand. Yes. Uh, and I mean, in that case, I, don't, I guess you can bring a cake or dessert. But yeah. if, if I feel like it's dessert or booze, period, and end it there. If you come into my house with like a, a dish that needs par cooking, like, oh, it just needs seven minutes under the broiler, you're screwing up my workflow. I agree. My production schedule has been blown to pieces. I don't have anywhere to put this, let alone cook it. And then unless I directly, I know my sister makes a great salad. She'll bring us, you know, you Fair fine. Enough. That's good. Right. Immediate Fair. family. My mom can bring her potatoes. Right. Cause I know how they're going to be perfect every time. And you know, they have the, the thermal capacity of a, you know, a, the, the core of the earth. Right. They're not, they don't need extra heating. So, uh-huh. so booze, right. Maybe a dessert, but then you don't want too much dessert. Then it just gets lost on the dessert table. So that has to be curated to a point or ice. You can't, I don't ice. mind because I could put it outside, and if it melts, it melts. If we use it, we got it. You don't have to run out anything. And for God's sakes, I even have like my ice rules. Don't please don't don't. If I'm if I bring a nice bottle of brown liquor or something, a nice uh, tequila, and I want a rocks for it, 
I'm not saying make the big cubes. They're easy to make these days. Please don't give me your stinky, cloudy ice from the fridge that I... like the, there's like three peas in there and like a chicken, like a an old like a frozen bag of wings in your ice, and then you're gonna give me your cloudy ass ice with this delicious beverage I just mixed up. I have such issues with ice, by the Ugh. way. Not only the border control, but also the cloudy. <laughs> Cubed that that um humpback shaped Ugh. fridge ice that always tastes like freezer burn. Uh-huh. It always tastes like shit. Um, I have sent water back at restaurants that they've, I, and I don't send food back. I food has to be literally inedible for me to send it back. Exactly. But if my water stinks like old dog or stinky yep. ice, that shit's going back. I'm like, I need new. I can't drink this. Like, uh, you're really um triggering something within me right now that uh feels weird can i give a a little tip for ice that i discovered during the pandemic with my neighbors i love ice tips so we have uh very small fridges it's a new york apartment it's not like a big double door massive suburban fridge it's a good fridge uh fairly big freezer actually but three drawered freezer so it's hard to get bags of ice like you can't really shove one in there what we discovered is that if you go to starbucks and you get a drink you can ask for like two cups of ice now i realize it's incredibly wasteful and environmentalists please don't come after me but in a pinch, when we wanted to have tequila or liquor, it would last us the whole week, and we would get free Starbucks ice. That was our little and thing. And you would order the large ice and then decant it like into a bag yes. to put in your no, fridge. You keep it in the cup. It. Keep it in the cup, in the freezer. Yeah, I mean, no, because it was already cubed. You know what I mean? Yeah, keep it but in there it doesn't then... like reform, right? It doesn't no. uh, full form into a solid ice mass. And if it did, we would just break it up. No problem. You break yeah, it up. That was our, uh, that good was our ice. tip. And I'm I would buy something. You. I would buy. I'm not. I'm not one of those. I would get an americano or whatever. But Starbucks ice in a cup, baby. That's the tip. I like that because there are fast food places, and in a pinch, you can go to McDonald's and you get like a 99 cent bag of five pound ice at McDon- at a lot of the fast food. Do places. they sell so ice at McDonald's? Yeah, they all sell ice. They'll sell you ice. I cheap, am cheap. And you don't in- have to get out of the car. Shock. Well, yeah. Jeff Morrow coming through with the hot tips about ice. Um, listen, you are genuinely the most charming and the funniest, and your entire yeah. past makes complete sense to me because you're everything and more. Go buy Jeff Morrow's book, Come On Over. It is uh, really, it's a great gift for people who um, are Italian, are from Chicago, are funny, love food. It's a great gift for basically anybody you know. Uh, and Especially Jeff, you, if you have cloudy ice, too. You should buy this book. Well, chapter eight is all to. about cloudy ice. I, I, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up. It's just things to do with cloudy ice. Two words, Ugh. toss it. Um, but also, if you don't already follow Jeff, follow him on Instagram and on Twitter at, at Jeff Morrow, M-A-U-R-O. Uh, go watch him on the kitchen with our friends. You know, I had dinner with Jeffrey Zakarian in Tampa. I don't know if you knew that or not. No, uh, I did not. I did because I'm friendly with his uh, sister-in-law. Yes. He's, at, who's so lovely and his lovely wife and we had a little outdoor dinner he could not be more fun Jeezy he is wonderful he's um if I called him right now and I needed advice or something he would no matter what he'd pick up I mean mm. not not you know he's just a he's he's a great mentor he's a great friend and he's I love working with him he's he's genuine and he's a hustler Oh, my God. I need to learn from you chefs. Um, Also, Jeff, if you know any single chefs, introduce me. And that's it. That's everything. Uh, You're first in line. Uh, Jeff, I adore you so much. Thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you for having me, Michelle. This is a dream come true. Oh, come on. Such a sarcastic guy. And uh, if you like uh, me talking to Jeff, definitely tune into our serious interview as well. It'll be on demand. And Jeff, you love to the family. And I hope you come back soon. Definitely. Thank you, Michelle. Congrats on the book. Bye, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you. 
forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Midnight Snack with Michelle Collins is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Gabe Lopez. Cover art by Ben Wiseman. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And that's the episode. We hope you loved it. Again, if you want to hear this show every single day, go to www.patreon.com slash mishcall. M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. You can also follow me on Instagram, X, TikTok, all the things. Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I'm running myself into the ground for content and I want you to be a part of it. So we'll see you over there. And thanks again for joining us. Bye, guys.